In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with relationship and sexuality coach Courtney about body image positivity, intimacy over long distance, and so much more. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Call to Marriage. I am so excited because today we have Courtney on and she will give you a background about all who she is. But first, if you are listening and maybe the audio sounds a little funny, if you'll notice that this week and last week we actually have callers, our interviews dialing in from all over the globe. And so that's why the audio sounds a little funny because they're actually calling in instead of being you know, in my house. So, Courtney, if you want to jump in to your background, who you are, your military affiliation, all that fun stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am calling all the way from Germany. Um, My husband and I, we, our family here, um, he's a military medical uh, physician. And so we are stationed here in Germany. Um, I am a uh, clinically trained mental health and sex therapist, um, but I work as a relationship coach and sexuality educator now. That is awesome. So how long have you been doing that? Um, I had my own practice when we were stateside about 10 years ago, um, right before the birth of our third kiddo. And then my husband, um, uh, got into a fellowship in Texas. And so we moved from Washington state to Texas and I had a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so I kind of, uh, couched my practice for a while and really focused on being a stay at home mom and surviving, (laughs) (laughs) just really surviving. Um, and I would dabble a little bit and I had a couple of clients here and there, but I really, um, when we moved again, I really, uh, switched full-time into coaching, uh, cause it, it's not a regulated industry. And so, which allows as a military spouse, the freedom to not have to be uh, like dictated by licensure requirements and, you know, different States and different countries. And it's just, and I, and I really like the the coaching model. So I've been doing coaching for a few years now, but um, before that I would about a decade, I was doing um, therapy. Gotcha. That's awesome. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's so uplifting and I think just so exciting as a military spouse when you have something that you can take with you. I know that that's something that a lot of yes. spouses struggle with. So it's great mm-hmm. when you have something that you can kind of just pick up and go. So there are, I think, a lot of things we could talk about and a lot of things <laughs> we could cover. But we've really been in this groove, I would say, about deployment and surviving and thriving through mm-hmm. a deployment And I know I've gotten some questions through the email, which if you want to email the podcast, I'll plug all that information at the end if you too have a question. But a lot of people are wondering or thinking, you know, we're about to go on this deployment. He's about to leave or she's about to leave. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're a strong couple, but I don't I don't feel secure or I have concerns. Mm -hmm. And then other people have concerns of, okay, he's going to be gone for 
three, six, nine, 18 months? How do mm-hmm. we build our relationship? How do we maintain intimacy through right. this period of time? And I would love for you just to, to kind of touch on those two topics just to kick us off. Yeah, no, those are, I mean, phenomenal questions. And, uh, right, they could just be podcasts and yes. <laughs> of themselves. Oh my gosh. So, my husband actually just got back in um, January from a seven month appointment. So, I have firsthand experience from this. It is tough. And I, um, oh, it sucks. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. Like, especially during a pandemic. And um, Germany's been really hard on like, lockdowns and border closures. And I mean, it's just been dark is the word I could think of. Um, that really feels like it described that season. Um, but so let's start with the first one that you asked about, and then we can go into the intimacy one. So the first one that you had asked was about couples who may be insecure in their, in their relationship. Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you, you know, you're strong, but there's still that feeling in your gut Mm -hmm. of like, you know, the, always the what if. I feel like the what if is just such a killer. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important to understand why we have the what if. So the what if exists because our brain, like the, the primary directive of our brain is to keep us safe so that we can stay alive. And mm-hmm. so we always have this like um, kind of like negative or like what if or th- this like negative um, like outlet that's, yep that's going to happen or see what's going to, Oh, but what if this, Oh yeah, but can you really trust her? And, and that's normal, right? That is normal to have happen Mm -hmm. because it's our brain's way of trying to protect us and trying to anticipate hurt that's going to happen. So if I, if I anticipate hurt, then I can prepare myself for it and be less shocked and all of those things. And so, um, I'm a big believer in, in, empowering and giving people tools. So if this is you, the first step that I would uh, take is just identify whatever those thoughts are that are coming up. Like, what is it that I'm really afraid of? What is it? And like, don't repress it, like bring it to light, bring it out there, write it out and and look at it like on paper and be like, okay, so maybe I'm scared about um, cheating. Maybe I'm scared that they're not going to want want me when I come back. Maybe I'm scared that, about financial infidelity, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and claim it and see it and then start to go through each one and be like, okay, so how realistic is this? Gosh, we've been together for 15 years. You know, my spouse or my partner has never cheated on me. They've never made any indication of that. It's like statistically, the likelihood of that happening is is not very good. So why am I choosing to waste this energy and to put all of these thoughts into being concerned about X, Y, or Z? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't matter or that they're dismissive. And I think that's a really good thing to talk about with your partner and be like, hey, I, like there's so many unknowns to this. And I just feel, I feel really insecure right now. And that doesn't make you needy. That makes you honest and that makes yeah. you vulnerable and that makes your relationship stronger except if you're doing that to try to get them to reassure you and, oh no, I would never do that. Like, yes, that feels good. But at the same time, we also want to keep our own power and to keep, because we're the ones that get to decide how we feel about it, regardless of how they react. And so I think that when we have this communication, really make sure that we're not giving up our power and trying to make the other person make us feel better it's, it's really about sharing our vulnerability and creating this, um, this, 
kind of like a space, this intimate space of emotion where we can share our fears and share our concerns and we can problem solve them together and not dump it on one or the other person. Right. And I think you touched on something like bring it up, like talk about it. Mm -hmm. I have found in this deployment, like if I'm feeling something, talk about it. Absolutely. If I don't talk about it, I'm going to brew on it. And then that is a whole other basket case Mm -hmm. of just don't want to touch that. Truth. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I also find too, like this is, you know, relationships don't crumble because of a deployment right? There's usually things that were like, there were cracks before, and then a deployment can literally just like blow it up. Um, depending on the amount of work you put in beforehand. So I guess this can kind of lead to your second question in terms of like trying to maintain intimacy, trying to maintain a closeness, like what have been the habits that we've been engaging in before the deployment? Um, it's kind of like, like foreplay, you know, like some people Mm -hmm. are, um, like, Yes, let's get to the sex. Let's get to the, okay, whoa, done, great, great. But for a lot of women, especially, like we need that foreplay to really like get us in the mood, get our bodies physiologically ready for that. And the, how your relationship is before deployment is kind of like that foreplay. So how, what is the communication um, like routine that we have? What are the methods that we um, express our anger? How do we talk about when we get frustrated? Like you were just sh- sharing, like, oh, I can't like just bottle this up. Like the same has to be true when our partners are deployed. Like we have to employ that same approach because there may be a time difference. Um, There may be a communication um, like delay in terms of like, I don't know when he or she's going to be able to call me or FaceTime me or send me an email. Um, Trying to troubleshoot that and have our expectations really in check before we get to that point. Yeah, definitely. That is just so, so important. Like check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> that's right, like, girl. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, oh my gosh. Oh, that, that's, yeah. And I think what happens too is that we have a lot of these unrealistic expectations when our partners deploy and, um, and it's, we make it mean something about ourselves when they don't call when we thought they would, they they're calling, but they're not FaceTiming or they didn't send us flowers or they didn't send us, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. all of these and and we like to compare. It's totally normal for us to compare. Well, Susan's husband, when he deployed, like she got flowers once a week and like he had hidden like cards throughout the house for her. And like, I haven't heard from my husband in a freaking week, you know, like (laughs) I just want a phone call. And so really being aware of am I expecting to get the flowers? Am I expecting to get the phone calls? Am I expecting to get the text messages? If I am, that is totally fine, but it's not fair for me to not communicate those needs to my partner before they leave. Yeah. And I think too, like communicating before you leave, but also, is that something that you normally ask for when they're home? And is that something that you absolutely set up in your relationship too? Because if it's something that you don't expect when they're there. Your spouse isn't going to know you're expecting it when they're gone. Not at all. (laughs) So that really builds up just, again, kind of you touched on it, but, you know, having that confidence in yourself to be your your own person and to also maintain some of your own needs too Mm -hmm. so that they're not all dependent upon your spouse. When they leave, you feel empty almost or 
unfulfilled in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the most successful military spouses that I've seen have their own lives. They have their own interests. They have their own friends. They have like almost, yeah, I guess just their own life. They have their own way of functioning. And it's not that they're trying to create a life without their spouse. Um, the, the thing that just popped into my head now was when my husband got back from his deployment in January, um, it was actually a few days before our 16th wedding anniversary. And I didn't think he was going to be home for it. So I was like, I mean, that was a huge bonus. So mm-hmm. we, we couldn't go out to eat because Germany, all the restaurants are closed. So we had a little date night at home and a friend watched the kids for us. And, and I remember sitting across from him and, and saying, I-, I need to tell you something. And he's like, okay. And I said, I, I don't need you. And he was like, I know. And I was like, what? I'm like, I don't wait. What? <laughs> I was like, I don't like, <laughs> took my thunder away. I was like, but I want you like, I want this life that we are working towards and we have created. And I realized that when you were gone, like I, I can kind of do like everything by myself and that like really empowered me. But it also showed me that the importance of I didn't have to depend on him, but I want to depend on him in, in certain areas. And so like that energy that shifts from like, I, I need you, I have to have you do do these things. And like, who am I without you versus I'm totally capable of doing this. And I want you in my life and, and I want this marriage. Yeah. And I think that is just something that's so powerful is taking control of that and being like, yes, like I can do it. I'm independent. But at the same time, like, you're also trusting and giving mm-hmm. part of yourself to your spouse for that. Absolutely. So let's kind of change directions a little okay. bit. And um, we'll kind of go back to the dependent moment <laughs> in a second here. But I want to talk first about, I think as spouses, we have, there's a lot of pressure that I don't think we quite realize to sort of maintain a certain image. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy then to go into a negative headspace and negative speak about ourselves and about our body image. Mm-hmm. And so how do we flip the script in our brain about that negative talk? How do we, and again, I know this could be a it's whole <laughs> podcast episode, but you know, if we're, if we're reading the spark notes version right. of it, how, how do we flip that script in our head when we start to feel those and think those negative things? Yeah. I think kind of what we talked about in terms of um, like when we start to think negative things about our relationship and those insecurities, the same approach can be applied to the negative thoughts we have about ourselves. So like mm-hmm. what, what's in here, right? I like to do um, encourage clients to do what's called a thought jot. Some people call it a brain dump and you just like, sit for five to 10 minutes and you just, you just write, like you just, anything that pops up into your head, you write it down. It can be a sentence. It can be a report. It can be a word. It can be a picture. It can, and and just being able to see like, what is this negative self-talk? Like what, what's happening? What is it really that I'm saying? And then to try to figure out like, okay, where did that come from? Is it from the culture? Is it from my PE teacher when I was 10? Is it from years and years of, you know, flipping through Vogue magazine and and feeling like I'm not enough? Um, And then kind of going from there, troubleshooting that. Okay, so if I know that it's really difficult for me to uh, not absorb these images and like get myself down and beat myself up and then maybe I need to stop looking at those images. Maybe I need to stop buying those Mm -hmm. magazines. Maybe I need to take a break from social media. Maybe, 
you know, whatever it is. Um, those are really practical ways that we can start to flip the script. Um, I also, I ask this question a lot in my group and in, in with my clients of like, how is that serving you? Like, how is it serving you to believe that you don't fit that image that, well, but I don't look like them. So they're not going to accept me into their group or, um, oh, I can't keep up with them or, oh, I'm not, I'm never going to look like that. Like, how does that serve you? And, and most of the time people are like, well, Courtney, like, how would it serve me to think that I'm fat or I'm ugly or I'm lame or whatever? And I always follow up and say, I don't know, how does it serve you? And it really puts the onus back on them. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, it, it, it gives me an excuse so that I don't have to put myself out there. Right. I'm at a new duty. I'm at a mm -hmm. new duty station and I feel like different or I don't feel like I fit in. And so it gives me an excuse to play it safe and stay at home and not be rejected. And so I, I think yeah. that once we realize what it, uh, it's called a secondary gain, what our secondary gains are from not like seeing ourselves as amazing and incredible and also wanting to be healthier. Right? We, I think we, we've lived in this, um, you know, dichotomy of like, well, you can't love your body and want to get healthy. You have to hate your body and that's going to motivate you to go out and run 10 miles and, what I have found is that anytime we are motivated from a place of hate or fear, it never works out well, right? Anytime I approach oh, yeah. a conversation with my spouse or my kids and I am like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, like control the situation and manipulate things and right. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You can't call that person. Oh, no, you can't hang out with them or no, you know, whatever it's. And it has that fear energy. It just is a disaster. And um, when I'm able to take action from a place of love, that doesn't exclude me also wanting to do better and to be healthier or learn more or, you know, put myself out there. I, it, it's just a totally different mindset. And it, I just, it's, it's so awesome to see people when they start to take that action from love as opposed to fear and hate. Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's so powerful just to remember that you know, you're going to get more for yourself if you go that route than you will just kind of sitting and brooding. Absolutely. So to close it out, because I think this has been probably just one of the most awesome conversations oh, thank ever. You. I, I really want to end on this theme of taking ownership and being strong and understanding what it means to be dependent, but not be right. dependent. And, um, if you are a military spouse and you've been in the game for a hot minute, you've heard this term. If you are a new spouse, military spouse like myself, you've heard this term maybe once or twice. And it is always said with the most mm -hmm. disdain I have ever heard out of any word. It is like a naughty word in military wife speak, military spouse speak. And it is the term dependa. And a dependa is almost a derogatory term towards military spouses it's meant to inflict harm about the person you um towards the person you are talking about it is meant to degrade your value as a spouse um and usually there is just so much negativity around this word that it's kind of it's just a bad word but i want to ask courtney how we as spouses, I think, can take ownership of the word dependa, of the title dependa, because a dependent is so much more than just a spouse. I say this all the time. I'm making t-shirts, y'all, <laughs> that say more than a spouse, because 
you are not just a dependent, mm-hmm. you are a whole mm-hmm. person. And so I would love your thoughts on how you take ownership of, of that title. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh gosh. I mean, I see this with, um, with moms too. Like, well, I'm just a mom. I'm just mm-hmm. a mom. Uh, and I just, I, I, I think like how like discouraging is it that we have reduced ourselves to just a title? And I think that any, Anytime yeah. we allow a title to define ourselves, whether that is, I mean, even if it's a good title, right? Well, I'm a doctor or I'm an engineer or I'm an, uh, a professional athlete, right? Those conjure up images of, you know, trustworthiness and success and brilliance and eat, you know, all of these things. And I love the idea of taking ownership of being a dependent and being more than a dependent and, um, and laughing at how, like ridiculous it is. I, I mean, we've been in the military, gosh, mm-hmm. for over 10 years now. And I, I don't think I've ever met a legit Dependa. Like, it, because when I first heard the term, which we were a few years into the military, I was like, wait, what? What's it? Uh, because it didn't exist to me in my world. And I'm not saying that like that there aren't people out there that obviously could fit the bill. But for the most part, the the dependents, the spouses, the partners that I have the pleasure of getting of gotten, getting to know and to serve with are the most amazing people on the face of this earth. Like mm-hmm. they are just like, it makes me want to cry because I think of just all of the adversity and all of the like MacGyvering and all of the like yeah. <laughs> amazing, cool things. Like if that's what a dependent is, then girl, sign me up because that those, those women are the inspiration and those men are the inspiration for, um, a lot of the stuff that I do. Yeah. They're, they're, Oh my gosh. I I just, (laughs) ah, it is. I I have, especially doing an Oconus move. You're just like, damn, like, I don't even, I I, hats off guys. Hats off. You win. (laughs) There's the prize. (laughs) Like, I just think it, if you're, if, you know, if you're going to say like, call me a dependent, call me yeah. a dependent because a dependent is a strong woman or a mm-hmm. strong man. They are someone who is able to, you know, if they have kids, maintain mm-hmm. kids, maintain a house, maintain multiple schedules, maintain themselves, yeah. like maintain a marriage all from mm-hmm. distance. Like they're able to just pack up and go with months, weeks, days notice. Like if, you know, if you want to call me a dependent, right. call me absolutely. Like, take absolutely. ownership of mm-hmm. the title. I will wear it with pride. <laughs> exactly. Like, more than styles, hashtag That's dependent. Right. Like, roll it out, pack it up, <laughs> put a ball on it. Well, this has just been so amazing. So, before I leave, I ask every Ooh, single person so in the interview okay. one question. And it's sometimes when I ask the question, people are like, oh my gosh. And other times when I ask the question, they're like, oh yes, I have an answer. Ooh, okay. There you go. And it is, <laughs> if you were to go back in time to the moment that you became a military spouse, what would be one piece of advice that you would give younger you mm-hmm. about this life, about this journey? Um, everyone's had kind of very different answers. Um, some answers have been, you know, accept the help you know, lean on your tribe. Other answers have been be flexible, understand that things will change all the time. So what would, what would you say to younger you about, about going into Ooh, that's life? a great question. Um, the first two words that popped into my head were enjoy it, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, I think it's really hard because we live in a very, you know, when, 
um, we move again, or when I lose 10 pounds, then I'll, when mm -hmm. I, my kids go back to school, then I'll, and I feel like the military, we can always do that, right? Well, at the next duty state, well, yeah. in when we retire, then I'll be able to, you know, plant roots or whatever. And as we're mm -hmm. getting, you know, closer to, I guess we're kind of in the middle. So, um, like we get closer, wait, we're not close to retirement yet. Um, as we start to approach that, you know, I think, gosh, but are, would we put down roots, you know? And so instead of trying to like micromanage the future and especially with how things change so quickly in the military, like, oh, just kidding, we're not sending you there. We're going to yeah. send you here instead. Oh, okay. Well, good thing I put a house payment down. Okay. Oh, lost that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think just to really be present and to enjoy it and know that it's all going to work out. No, I think, I think that is just so, that's such good advice. Cause I think as new spouses, one, mm -hmm. it's overwhelming because mm -hmm. there's so many things that could happen. You know, we, I became a military spouse during mm -hmm. a pandemic and before then, you know, I was living with my spouse and we were at, you know, one duty station, we were waiting to go to another duty station and we had a right. date and then we didn't have a date and then we had oh a date gosh. again, we didn't have a date again. And you, instead of just sitting in the moment and like stressing about what was coming next, what was coming around the corner, what we could or couldn't do, it helps so much to just sort of sit in the moment and be like, wow, this is, this is so nice. I wouldn't get this much mm -hmm. time with you, you know, as I would normally, or wow, this is so nice. Even, you know, after we got married and he was able to push his deployment out a little bit, which mm -hmm. was a blessing and a whole other thing, but you were, we were able to enjoy it and be like, wow, like let's, treasure this time that we have right now instead of thinking like what is it going to be like when you leave what is it going to mm -hmm. be like next year what are we going to do when you mm -hmm. go to captain like all these different things absolutely lining up no I think that is so amazing well Courtney thank you so much for coming on is there a way that if people want yeah. to get to know more about you or find you yeah so on you? on Facebook and Instagram I'm at the stepping stones coach and my website um, is thesteppingstonescoach.com. Um, and then I also run a private um, free group for women on Facebook that's um, called Stepping Stones with Courtney. And uh, it's just a place where I provide like education and inspiration and encouragement. And I offer about monthly workshops on, you know, how to communicate better, how to um make decisions, how to uh, stuff on parenting. Um, so it, it's a really fun community and, um, and people get to know me that way. And, and I get to know the people uh, from all around the world. It's amazing. That is awesome. So again, thank you so much for joining. If you, the listener want to reach out, you go know her information. If you want to reach out to call to marriage, we're on Instagram and Facebook at call to marriage. Um, we are also, um, open to any email you want to send. I get emails from women. And if you send me a lengthy email, I'm going to reply and you will get a <laughs> lengthy email back. But again, this is all about building a community of spouses, of strong spouses, of spouses who are going to thrive. So email me at ask dot ctm podcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on instagram facebook whatever way you want to reach out reach out join the journey join the community and i will talk to you all later thank, thank you, you so bye. much bye <laughs>